I just want to say thank you guys, first of all, for coming back after our last podcast because that podcast was a difficult podcast for us. It was. Um, so thank you for joining us once again and tr- trusting us enough to give us another shot. Um, <laughs> or being curious enough. To, or curious enough to see if we're going to come out of like our brain dead or whatever we were in place. Mostly just me. I was not a functioning human being then. Um <laughs> But we kind of had a couple different thoughts. Um, one of them being, well, first of all, I made a kind of a question box on Instagram and some different ones of you put in different requests of things that you'd like us to talk about. And one of them was like admission work and missionary stuff. So we thought we would talk a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, both of us have had some experience in missions, but I don't know that you have to have a lot of experience to understand what it is and why it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is the thing um, that at least I was thinking about is there's talking about missions, like what kind of trips would you want to go on? What kind of people would you want to help that are of different cultures and all that? But then there's also, are you a missionary? Because you're either are one or you're or you're not, you know what I mean? Like you're either, what's this, that saying that everybody says that's kind of cliche, but I like it. Oh, you're either a, a missionary or you're the mission field. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of true. Yeah. Good point. Hmm. Just... So that's something I kind of think about because I do love ministry. So like a ministry missions and being a missionary kind of all to go together for me. It's like the missions part. I mean, the only time I've really even ever gone to a foreign country is when I went down to Ecuador and it was more an experience for me than for anybody else. Cause I can't speak any other foreign language. Um, it was mostly just God dealing with stuff in me than it was me really helping anybody to be completely honest. I think that is usually the case, especially if you're going to another country that you don't speak their language and you don't uh, know the culture. It's actually kind of funny because you're going on a missions trip, but really that missions trip is for you. It's, you may, you may help build a well, dig a well, build a church. Um, You may hug some kids. You may pat some missionaries on the back, or you may encourage some other missionaries. You may be taking them food. You may be helping them in different ways, but you're not actually (laughs) the missionary in that case. You're kind of more the mission, (laughs) believe it or not. People think they're going on missions trips and they're actually the mission. Um, It's not, it's not what it seems like my family, um, I, I spent five years of my life in Bolivia, South America. We were not technically missionaries. We were, um, we were fostering orphans and abandoned children in our home. And we, we didn't necessarily call ourselves missionaries because we were just doing life there. And I think that that's something that we need to understand with foreign missionaries is to give them the grace that they have to do life there. And everything that they're doing there is they're they are doing the same things you're doing in America. They're washing dishes, they're folding clothes, they're doing life, they're going to the grocery store, they're driving to church. They're not necessarily doing anything different than we are in the States, except for that they're in a totally different culture. And they do sometimes, this is the thing with missionaries, is when you're from a different culture, is you have a bigger voice, you have a louder voice. Um Like the Bible says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. So if you're like, I guess to kind of explain what that verse is, it's that 
when you go somewhere else, you get recognized. But if you're in your own culture, you're kind of just one of the mass. And so it does Mm -hmm. make a difference as far as like, if you have a different skin color or just different ethnicity and you're in another culture, you get listened to. You have more of a voice, especially if you're from the States. Um, I feel like, or like a first world um, culture. Anyways, that was a long tangent, but just kind of some overview there. No, that's really interesting to me. And one thing specifically that you said that I find really interesting is you said, let them, in a a sense, let a missionary be a person. Um, And you didn't say it in that way, but you insinuated that like they live a normal life, you know, stop, stop making them a missionary as much as making them a person. Because at least the people I've known that have um, gone different places, because my parents had a lot of people come through our home and they really are just people. Yeah. And they really are just people living, you know, a, a life in a different location. But I think there's kind of something there that goes wrong with especially missionary kids. And it's that they kind of get dehumanized to where they're yeah. like, like you're a missionary kid or like you're this type of a person and you no longer really just, just get to be you. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I find that interesting with people that have gone in a sense sacrificed what we consider from America, you know, you, you, they sacrifice so much to them, whatever they're living their life. And they want to talk about, you know, just normal stuff. They want to be a person that has good and bad days. and isn't, you know, I don't know. I see that like sometimes there's a little bit of a drive to be like, how many people have you got to say the Lord? Yeah, like right. how many people have you got to say this repentance prayer? And like, and it's, it's more, it's like, what's God doing? You know, where is he, where is he leading you? And are you obeying? And, and how, where are you doing what God wants you to do? And that's really the question for, I feel like every single person. Yeah. It's funny Whether because we feel like we have to ask that question to our missionaries when, if we have to ask that to a missionary, we should also ask that to the, mm-hmm. the man or woman, the couple that you meet with at church on Sunday, because we all have the, should have the same expectations of the body of Christ. Wherever you go, there you are. Literally. That's something my mom always said. She's like, wherever you go, there you are. It's hard. Life is hard. Get over it. Deal with it. Um, if you want to be a Christian, you're going to be a missionary no matter where you are. And so mm-hmm. it's not glamorous to go somewhere. I can be the first person to tell you that it is not special to be a missionary. It's in fact not. It's, it's just not. And it's actually we need to be the missionaries in the States and wherever we are is even though we don't get funded and backed and we don't have to go around to different churches and say, I saved this many people this year. Like, I don't know. I just, (laughs) (laughs) the expectation should be the same for every believer. I'm kind of laughing because it's so accurate. It's not really like, it's not really the questions are wrong. Yeah. Like at least the ones I've heard in different churches that are asked of missionaries, it's like, how many people have gotten saved? It's like, when did we ask this of somebody that's sitting in this church group? Yeah. You know, like when was the last time you went out and did some street ministry and who got, you know, saved or who connect instead of it? I feel like instead of asking people how many people got saved, it's, it's how much it is the kingdom of God furthering and how can we help you as your fellow yeah. soldier for yes. the kingdom of God? Because Amen. this whole thing about like a list of how many people have you gotten to say a certain prayer isn't scriptural at all. It's no. just going to all the world and make disciples. Yeah. So it's more like, are you are you pouring out what God has given you? Are you able, have you been discipled by God first mm-hmm. and by God's people? And then you can go disciple. It's not mm-hmm. like, 
you know, I don't know. I just, I see that there's sometimes steps missed. And the reason I say that is for myself, because I've always wanted to, you know, like go out and reach people. I'm very much, very much that way. I love ministry. I love, I love helping people. I love it more than almost anything, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. But I, I had to realize something first that if I ever want to really help people, I have to let God help me. I have to let God disciple me. I have to let God take the pain or take me through pain and create a, in a sense, a missionary out of me. You know, it's like, yeah, create someone that has the stability and also has the humility to be, to be discipled. And I'm still learning that, like, honestly, learning that even today, like, I also need to receive from people and be discipled in certain areas that I'm just, you know, not there yet. So I don't know. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that, especially just having been around, I've been around a lot of missionaries, and so have you. And I've been around good ones and I've been around bad ones. Let's just face it. There are mm-hmm. there's such a thing as somebody who should not be on the mission field. That doesn't mean they're a bad person. They just <laughs> should not be on the mission field as far as like overseas or serving in a um how do I say this? A foreign capacity. Um, because there's so much we need to learn on a very basic level before we think that we can go share. And the thing is, is that we often, it says, um, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says, you go and you make a disciple, right? And you make him. He says you make twofold a disciple of hell. Of hell. <laughs> you make twofold the disciple of hell that you are. And I think that that actually is happening with Christians because we go and we, we don't understand the grace of Jesus Christ. We don't understand the gospel. What is the gospel? Go, I would challenge you go ask someone what is the gospel and i will be surprised go ask someone that goes to church let's say 50 sundays out of the year ask them what is the gospel i will be surprised if they have a good answer for you um just well, a mainstream a- christian because most people don't understand the basic concepts of christianity and then they think they can go and save the world when they don't even understand and they make twofold a child of hell that they are yeah, because in a sense, you go out and you you tell people a lot of these things that are correct, but you don't have the spirit of God with you. And so it's it's like it's like the, something I heard um, in a message years and years ago, and I don't remember who it was by, but he said someone had a, this guy had a vision once of the devil out doing street ministry, mm-hmm. and he was preaching and preaching and preaching to people, and he's like, "Why are you preaching the gospel or preaching?" all this stuff to people this yeah. true stuff and he said because he said nothing hardens a heart more than hearing the word of god and in preaching without anointing yeah without in a sense without the presence of god there yep. so it's like it's 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 twisted because god isn't jesus the holy spirit god three in one all of it isn't really complete one without the other because no. they're 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 one and so it's like i don't know we hear all these things and but they're not a completed message because it's like okay it's like me when i'm in essence when i'm in a lot of pain or when i'm not in a place to be out doing ministry and if i just go out anyways it'll quickly become a works because i'm not prepared you know i mean like god hasn't directed me and told me to and then there's obviously some things like you know, you're going to bump into people and you're going to just end up talking to them and things happen. But there's a difference, at least for me, when I was like going out and doing ministry, because I really love doing street ministry specifically. And I used to do that quite a bit with my mom. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference when you go yeah. out specifically to do that. You need you need to know that your heart is in a pure and right place. 
Otherwise, you just go out and you're just honestly just creating fights with people. Like you're just pounding. Like you're just trying to convince someone of something in their head, which doesn't do them any good. Because you are trying to convince you that this is the right thing to do. This is the problem. We have, um, and this is something that God is really trying to break me of particularly, and that is checking boxes of any form. And if I have to go check a box that says, I talked to five people today about Jesus, I am not going to do that unless I am specifically commanded by God to do that. And I, I have heard of people that do that and have been very blessed, but that is something that comes from a heart of worship. And that comes from knowing God first and being in communion with him. I don't even want to check boxes in my spiritual life as far as like, I don't want to say I checked a box of reading five chapters today, or I checked a box of praying for three people today. I don't want to do that. I want to come to Jesus and know him and be called to his heart first, to God's heart first. And then out of that flow of worship comes a desire to share about my best friend with people. Because when you are delighted about something and you're excited about something, it's what you want to talk about. It's what you want to, to share. It's what you, you burn for. And you can't go and try to sell something that you're not excited about. I sincerely doubt you're going to sell it if you are not excited about it. So same with the gospel. If you're not excited about Jesus, don't go try selling the gospel because all you're going to do is tell people that it's not cool. Really, that's the message you're getting across is it's not something Mm -hmm. that they want if you're just trying to sell it without any passion for it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I have all these thoughts and how hard, having a hard time expressing them, but it's, it's, it cheapens it a lot when you give it's, huh, ministry is supposed to come from an overflow Yeah, and I can't emphasize that more. It's, you can't really, your heart won't be in it and the heart of God won't be able to be seen if it doesn't come from an overflow of your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So out of your quiet place, out of your communion and connection with God, one-on-one comes ministry mm-hmm. and it will come bubbling out of you. You will not be able to contain it. And I know that from experience. And I know that from seeing it in other people's life. I know that from some of the people that have been the most impactful in my life, it came and comes from an overflow. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we can't give of an empty cup, but we can give of a cup that's running over. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, I would say if your cup's not running over, go take time to be with God yourself and to, to deal, to, to do what he needs you to do for you and his relationship before you try to go make a relationship with somebody like before you try to make somebody else have a relationship with him, because you need to know him in order to, you know, help somebody else have a good relationship with him. Um, and the other thing I think about fairly often, and that kind of comforts me because I can be a bit driven and um, and not take time to learn and grow. And I just want to, you know, keep doing ministry, keep doing ministry because it's, in a sense, it's fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's, I really enjoy it and I really love it. But something God taught me very much the last year is he said, I prepared Jesus for 30 years. There wasn't, there weren't these huge acts that he did, but because of how pure his heart was and how much he let the father in a sense, refine him and direct him and lead him and guide him in those three years of ministry from 30 to 33, he flipped, you know, the world upside down. Yeah. And in a sense, that's what he told his disciples. He said, learn of me. Mm-hmm. And then you can revolutionize the world. Mm-hmm. If you have you know, taken the time to do in a sense, the schoolwork God's asking you to do. 
It's like it 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 doesn't take all these people and all this power. It took twelve, you know, twelve disciples, and the whole rest of history will never be the same again. Yeah. In some ways, it's hard. It's kind of sad to me that we even have to have this conversation of just and I, I this verse popped into my head just now, and it's Hebrews five. Um, 12, for when the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God or the word of God and are become such as have need, need of milk and not of strong meat. And it's sad to me that the Christian church has stepped ahead of itself, so to speak, and is trying to do something, it, um, quote unquote, uh, or, you know, in this sense, eat meat when they really need to go back to milk and they need to be nourished and fed and, and taught what are the first principles of the oracles of God, even though they ought to be teachers, they ought to be the ones, yes, going on the mission field and being strong and out there and preaching the gospel. But they when we try to do that, um, as, as babies, when we really need to go back to the first ordinances and principles of God, we're going to screw it up for everyone. And so really this today's church, today's um, generation needs to have a strong foundation of what is just, what is Jesus? What does he stand for? Who is he? Um, How do we understand? We need to understand principles, grace, um, mercy, sanctification. Um, so many of these, these basic principles that we should understand by all rights, we don't understand them, or we've stepped ahead of ourselves and are into like Calvinism versus Arminianism versus blah, 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 blah. And that isn't helping anyone because you're just like over there doing mental gymnastics instead of actually getting the work done. And getting down to the nitty gritty and getting out in the field. But first, we have to, yes, drink the milk and grow up strong in Christ so that we can go do and eat meat. So I don't know if that mm-hmm. made any sense, but um, this kind of dawned on me just now. Just we, we really need to have a foundation and then go. And I think, I think what you're saying actually ties into something that God taught me two days ago to be exact. And I think it'll never be the same again, realizing this, but it's this, it's something that happened at some point in this, in the span of Christian history, where instead of doing the revealed thing, what God has already shown us to do and learning and, um, and putting it to use, we've, we've gotten to this thing of like, how much can I know with my head without doing anything? It's like this obsession with knowledge, but without the obedience. Like yeah. we read, do this. And, and, and Jesus gives these commandments, you know, to be hospitable, to love your neighbor, you know, to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength to, you know, to lay down your life for, you know, for others to, to, you know, to heal the sick, to feed the, those that don't have food, you know, to, um, all these different things that he gives us. There's so many of them that are super clear in scripture that mm-hmm. are, you know, to be a servant, you know, mm-hmm. the great, the he that is greatest servant of all and so many of these commandments that are revolutionary like they're actually life-changing and um and I think the reason it was such a huge wake-up call for me just to realize that I no longer need to be study need to be worried about doing things that I don't know or about not having enough knowledge but to walk in obedience Mm -hmm. to be like 
okay, God says I need, Jesus says I need to learn this or I need to work on the fact that I, for some reason, I'm not loving selflessly and I know that that's a commandment or I'm, I struggle with hospitality when I know that that's a commandment Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, these, these things that are kind of the basics. And I think when we would start understanding the basics of, you know, walking justly, loving mercy, um, understanding some of the, who the character of God is like that justice isn't without mercy, that mercy isn't complete without justice. Mm-hmm, you know, that mm-hmm. these, these things that one does, one isn't complete without the other, instead of just how much can I know so that way I can fight with another believer. It's ridiculous to me. How is that a legitimate thing? <laughs> how much can I know so I can fight with another believer? Ah, like- that is, that is harsh, but so true. <laughs> No, I know it's true because I've been one of so them. I'm true. like, how much information can I compact in my little brain? Because the reason I know this is because I actually had like a panic attack, like a genuine anxiety attack about this like two days ago. So I was like, wait, I don't know enough to like fully persuade someone's mind. And I had this moment of taking this thought captive and I was, my mind like was exploding. I was like, oh, whoa, mm-hmm. that is way too far gone. Like, how did I get to this insane yeah. place? Because yeah. this is whack. Well, look what, look, it's crazy because just what you're saying about knowledge and how you felt like you need to have knowledge, but this is the thing that Jesus came to set us free from is the law and having to know all of the little tiny details. Think about it. They had to obey 300 and some laws in order to come into the presence of God or to be, you know, holy and Jesus came to take that away. And so what this boils down to is, is no, we are not supposed to cram our heads with knowledge of anything, but of that of a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And he Mm -hmm. is amazing. He brings peace. He brings love. He brings joy. He brings everything we need to the table. We don't need to cram about all of the little nitty gritty facets of why or this or that or the other thing and or understanding why God does the things he does or da 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 da. no we need to get to know a person and that is the word of God the word of God is the person of Jesus Christ the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory and his glory was of the only begotten of the father Mm -hmm. full of grace and truth that's Jesus and so get rid of I mean thinking that you have to have knowledge except of one thing and that is a person and that's jesus and i'm yeah anyways that's my my rant man sorry got on a pedestal there no i loved it and it's (laughs) interesting that you say that because in in a condensed sense jesus addressed this exact issue and his answer was don't basically don't stress about what you need to say to someone because in the hour the father will reveal the holy spirit yes yes and and so it's like do we have that that relationship with God where we're not stressed, you know, where we're not, you know, ha, I'd read that like literally yesterday and I remember sitting there and it brought so much peace to me. Cause I was like, I don't need to know anything. I don't need to be smart. He took fishermen and he made them some of the most mighty men of the earth. Like he made them like some of the most notorious heroes that have ever lived because they were humble and they, Mm -hmm. they chose Jesus. They chose the cross. They Mm -hmm. chose redemption. They chose, forgiveness mm-hmm. and they weren't perfect but no. they were they gave their lives for for the gospel and for the kingdom of god and i honestly covet nothing less like that is something that, that ever since i was little just sparks so much life in me as soon as i think of wait, giving my life for this because we all want something that we that matters enough to us that we would die for 
Yeah. And that's honestly how I feel. Yeah. And it keeps me alive and it keeps me going and it fuels me. Yeah. Amen. Well, I think that's a really good note to end on. No, that's a good note to end on. I think (laughs) I should. I just noticed we passed our our 20 mark a little bit ago, but. Uh, Who cares? It's, that was really good. And I've, man, thanks for that. That was a really good conversation. Same, same. I, I feel, wow. Spirit (laughs) comes alive. It's crazy. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for listening and go ahead. If you guys want to leave us a review on Apple podcasts, we would love that. Or, Hit us up on Instagram at M and Ruthie Podcast. Um, we are on Instagram, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, any ideas you have for podcasts, or just just if you want to check in or whatever. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for all our faithful listeners. We love you. We really do. <laughs> Me, yeah. it keeps coughing. Yeah, coughing at the end. If you listened all the way to the end of last episode, apparently. No, we are not doing that anymore. We yeah. can't edit out me coughing. I know. Well, I'm not editing that one out because I just talked about it. But, anyways, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>